Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Project Freelance. So this week on the podcast, I'm actually having a friend of mine named Ryan Cunningham come back on the podcast. It's been a few seasons since I had him on, and I just wanted to get a little update, see what he's working on now. Uh, We've also been working on a bunch of music together. So uh, this episode, we will be talking about the music we've been working on. We're talking about the pandemic, the state it's in, the state of America, the state of Canada. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. We get pretty deep in this. Um, Also, trigger warning, we do talk about rape allegations and other sexual sexual assault accusations in this episode. So I just wanted to give you guys fair warning uh, that we will be discussing some people in the music industry that have had some allegations brought up against them. Um, So yeah, just keep that in mind. And uh, if you guys like this episode at any point in time, you can just leave a rating and some feedback. And if you do that, I will send you a signed photo print of one of the photos I've taken in an abandoned place. And I guess now would be a good time to plug my second podcast called No Tracers, which is all about what I do as an urban explorer. If you guys want to hear crazy stories from abandoned places, not only from me, but from my guests, check out No Tracers. I'll put some links down in the description for you. And if you guys need any gear for freelancing, if you are a videographer or an audio engineer, uh, there is some gear down in the description with Amazon links that I think would help you out as far as gear goes. So definitely check it out. And without further ado, we are going to jump into this episode with Ryan Cunningham. Let's, uh, let's just jump into it. Let's go. All right, guys. So welcome back to Project Freelance. Um, Ryan, Ryan Cunningham is back on the podcast. It's been quite a few seasons since we had him here and we kind of wanted to do a little update episode. Thought it would be kind of fun to catch up and see what he's up to. Last time we talked about uh, getting your parents to let you go on tour, things like that. And uh, so Ryan, thank you for coming back to Project Freelance. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. So usually I have a list of like questions that we go through throughout the podcast, but this one's a little bit different since you've already answered those questions. So <laughs> I feel like, uh, just tell me, uh, first of all, what, what have you been up to? Uh, we, we've been dealing with this pandemic, this worldwide pandemic, and it's kind of shut, you know, touring down for a while. Um, so tell me what you've been up to during uh, quarantine. Well, I mean, like when it first happened, um, I think, uh, my first message was probably to you being like, okay, um, now that we're here, like, what do we do? Um, cause obviously you and I've worked for now going on. Jeez. How long has it been? Like, geez, three, three years. No, two, 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 two? years for sure. I think at least 18. Yeah. 27. Well, uh, oh, like maybe, two, maybe two, three. Yeah, yeah. Almost three. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, so, um, we have, the skeletons of some songs that we were working on uh, when Kay was up here in Toronto um, back in uh, Christmas of 2018. And we just shelved it because we had a lot to do uh, during 2019. Um, like a lot of covers we were working on, schedules just like getting a little crazy. Um, but now we had time because everyone was basically on lockdown uh, to get some stuff done. So... Uh, what I said was, okay, we have this original EP here. Let me go back and rework the songs. I've sort of honed my craft a little bit better. And uh, let's see what we can make of these. Um, so that is was the beginning of the Pandemic EP, which uh, I think has done fairly well. Uh, so that EP, to give you some context, um, is... Um, 
I re-recorded all of the instrumentals in about six days just because I was so wired by it. And we just sort of like, like we're springboarding off of each other and just be like, okay, let's make this about the pandemic. Let's make this about this song. Let's make it relevant. Let's try and get features. And then everything just sort of like got to where it was, where we ended up having a feature, at least one for every song, which was insane. It was like a rap record. It's nuts. So um, I've been spending, I spent a lot of my time doing that over the last, uh, well, I guess two months. And then, we started doing TikTok live streams where uh, we do popular TikTok songs that people are doing dances to or reacting to or doing duets with. And it's that's just been exploding and it's super fun. And uh, I love doing the live streams. I'm learning a lot about how to interact uh, with an audience through a screen as well. And I just sort of let my personality shine a little bit through um, as long as it's not abrasive to anybody. I hope not. But uh, beyond that, um, just been busy also doing my own music, uh, trying to um, figure out um, how we're going to come up with um, a way, at least in my own projects, uh, to debut some stuff, um, mostly digitally. Um, and by not playing shows, if anything. So it's, it's a really, really interesting time, uh, to be a, um, be an artist, a musician. It's really, really, um, scary, but also can be quite, uh, fulfilling, I think. So what's it been like to, you know, not only not be able to play shows, but what's it been like not to go to shows? Like that's, a huge part of both of our lives, like yeah. going to concerts and all that stuff. So what's, what, what have you been doing to keep your mind off of that kind of stuff? Well, um, to be honest, like the last show that I played, um, was about four hours outside of Toronto, uh, in this place called Peterborough, Ontario. Well, not four hours, more like two and a half, three. Um, and it was like run of the mill, like, tour day at least in my opinion like we did a radio spot uh for the show because it was a charity show then we played the actual show like got to the venue like a couple hours later and this was in like this was in february like end of february so like the coronavirus was already like being talked about and um all of us i think all of us were kind of haphazardly joking about it like um my guitarist Demetrius uh, was like, we were all making jokes because he had just come back from a cruise like literally a few days before. So everyone was like, oh, don't touch him. Ha ha. He's got the Rona. Um, so it was it was interesting. But like um, the show itself was was great. Uh, I know that there was a lot of money raised for I think it was animal shelters, which is cool. Uh, but that was the last show we played. And like maybe May had plans to um do um some a lot of traveling this year actually we were we were planning to get a couple singles done out in los angeles or out in vancouver or like different places like that with really really big name producers and obviously you can't do that now so um we've been just doing i think what a lot of people are doing which is just songwriting and just like getting ready for when shows can come back uh eventually so we uh we just wrapped up a uh, charity uh, song that we're doing um, with a few other collaborators in Canada here uh, and um, that's going really well so far we got the rough mix back so far so we're just working on getting the other parts that we need for it um, we actually recently um, 
got the green light to uh, record at uh, the record the music videos, uh, kind of like a We Are the World situation by Michael Jackson, uh, where like you have all the artists in one room and everyone just sings their part like that sort of style. But so the hope is that because uh, right now in um, Mississauga, uh, where I live, um, the limit for social gatherings is 10 people, but there's 12 people on this song. So the now it's going to be the juggle of, okay, who has to sacrifice uh, not coming for the sake of their safety and like that sort of thing, but they're also not going to be in the video. It's a lot of um, stress and like a lot to juggle. And I know that um, uh, Demetrius uh, runs most of that, but um, it's just interesting to be kept in the loop on that kind of stuff because everyone's just sort of, nobody knows what's exactly happening, right? Like everyone's yeah, just sort yeah, of like, yeah. everyone's yeah, just sort of just like, like winging like, it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. When we find out more information, we're just like, oh, uh, okay. And, yeah. and what else? <laughs> exactly. And like the other thing that I was doing before uh, everything shut down was I was actually taking uh, improv classes and acting classes just because I wanted to mm. get uh, better at growing not only my self-esteem, but like I have a problem as a vocalist being classically trained like when I was a kid, like singing in choirs and things like that. Um, I have, I lack uh, sometimes a bit of emotion when I sing. So like have, so I'm trying to learn how to play a character, so to speak, and add a little bit more personality to my voice when I sing. Uh, so I find that um, taking acting classes has actually really helped, but I didn't even finish the course because of COVID. So wow. uh, like we got re uh, we got a partial refund for it. But like, I'd love to do that again because improv was just so much fun. Um, so fun. It is so fun, man. Like I, I, I can understand acting now at almost 24. Like I, I get it now. I completely get um, uh, the headspace you need to be in and that it's like a complete extension. Not a, not an extension, but more like you're in the brain of somebody else. You're you're absolutely yeah. playing a character. So um I uh, just love that aspect of it. And I've been lear learning a lot about film and editing. I've like been exploring a lot of YouTube uh, recently, going down the rabbit hole of certain things. Uh, and uh, beyond that, like it's it's been, I haven't felt creatively starved, so to speak. Like I don't. Mm. I'm gonna be the first to say I don't miss playing shows. To be honest with you, um, I'm more of a uh, like. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But at the same time, it was like, at least in Toronto, and I, I'll say this on any podcast that I'm on, like the scene here, and I'm sure that you can attest to this, is um, not the most supportive. It never was. Mm. It used to be. But a lot of uh, I was actually having a conversation with uh, somebody last week about this, but it became more that people were jealous of any sort of success like even when it was minuscule, like they got like a band, a local band got featured on like a bit on like alternative press, for example, or whatever the case right. is, whatever the magazine. Yeah, is. whatever the magazine is. Uh, yeah. And um, they would get shit on by people or like disrespected because like, oh, like, well, they didn't have this tone. Right. Like, and, like just super elitist bullshit. And um, that's just sort of carried on. Like I remember being in the scene in high school and like it was the same sort of toxic thing. And a lot of promoters took advantage of um, took advantage of the kids because they knew that there was drama there. Um, so going back and trying to play shows like after graduating college and stuff like that, like you have turnouts of like maybe like 30 to 50 people max. 
Ooh. And like, like, cause nobody gives a shit. Everyone, like, yeah. the problem, the problem here is that everyone's in a band already. Right. So right. you're just playing to other musicians in the room. So it's right. basically like playing to critics, and it's yeah. it, it sucks. I love playing live. Don't get me wrong. I love the energy. I love the adrenaline. I love having fun on stage. I feel so comfortable on stage. But the entire lead up to it sucks. It really does. Like I'm, yeah. I'm very much an introvert in that I would rather like sit at the merch table, maybe talk to a few people. And then once we got to do our thing, like I need to be in my headspace and I'm good to go. And then once the show's over, um, I'm like, all right, I, let's, let, let's, uh, let's, let's go. We got, we got, we got, um, we got like a four hour drive home. Like we need, we need to, we need to start thinking about wrapping this shit up. And yeah. I know it's a really bad mentality to have. So I've, I've just been reflecting on that. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. And I know I'm ranting, so I apologize, but <laughs> it's a podcast. They are for ranting. It's a, and it, this is a super interesting thing to talk about because I mean, the, I think you could say the same about most local scenes these days. Um, and, and, and we're talking pre COVID obviously, oh, yeah. because I feel like when shows come back, everybody's going to be stoked. Oh, you hell know yeah. I mean, like everyone's going to want to go out and go to these local shows as soon as they can. At least that's like my hope, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, that's how I feel. Like I'm like itching for a show, you know, like I need a show in my life. I mm -hmm. feel like I've been deprived of this beautiful, beautiful thing that I enjoy doing and that I enjoy going to. And not only do I love the music, I also get to take photos. Exactly. I also get to film and interact with like friends and, and make new friends and, you know, network in the industry. And so, I, but I feel the same way. Like I've noticed that the local scene here in Orange County got a little hostile for a while. Um, and I, I've never like actually played a show in Orange County. Mm -hmm. Um, like at chain reaction, I've never played a show at chain, but next year I for sure will be playing shows, shows at chain. Um, but yeah, it's, so I haven't personally like dealt with any of that, like hate or anything like that, because I'm still kind of like the new kid as far as like the music scene goes locally. Fair enough. Um, and like, you're also like, you're, you're, if you're going to a show, you're there to work basically. You're there. Exactly. At, yeah. It's yeah. So it's uh it's a, uh, it's a bit of a different ball game, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I wanted to talk to you about, uh, like what, what are your plans as far as like music stuff goes um, after or like when we can start playing shows again? Like what, what do you want to do next? Like where are you, what are your plans? Damn, that's a good question. Um, I honestly can't say I've thought that far. Um, mm. I mean, my whole thing that I was going to do this year was I was um, planning to do a, uh, I shit, actually, I didn't even realize this. I was, I was actually planning to do my first solo gig in Toronto, uh, on on uh, the 26th of june like my birthday whoa and like i booked that like months in advance i booked that in february and obviously bars are shut down right now um so it just um it i was ready to do it i had friends that were gonna like do some short sets with me it was only gonna be a quick thing and then we were like all just gonna hang out have a few drinks and like have a good time because that's what i that's what i would want uh sure. and then once that happened i'm like shit now i have to now I have to think about um, how I want to do my solo stuff. Um, I've been thinking about maybe doing some live stream shows like on Facebook or YouTube or stuff like that. Uh, and um, but beyond that, like I think think I think doing live shows isn't something I'm really thinking about right now because mm -hmm. I don't want to plan for something 
that I know isn't going to happen for a really, really long time. And I know I'm shooting myself in the foot here by saying that because I've been trying to do music as a career for the last, for over a decade, like since I was like 12. Um, So, but now I'm just like, I think it's time to explore different avenues of reaching people because once those shows come back, I have a feeling like it's going to be packed. Yeah. I, like you said, it's going to be packed like left and right. Like you're, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to um, actually book shows because they'll be so like, because they'll exactly. be like book solid. Like it, uh-huh. I'm hoping that's the case. I really right, do. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't happen. Um, especially with all these bands out there uh, that are wanting to play shows, you know? So I think, I think we're going to be okay as far as like shows go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me a lot of hope for like all of our touring friends that are on the cruise that don't have, any work right now because there's no touring so they've had to either file unemployment or get like a nine to five and i mean you could even look at like chris motionless from motionless and white he tweeted that he was going through a lot of like mental health struggles uh he just tweeted this yesterday that he's going through like a lot of mental health struggles uh because he has not been on the road and that's where he lives his life you know like that's what he does nine ten eleven months out of the year and being home for him is uncomfortable and it makes him feel some type of way you know and so i think a lot of crew members and a lot of touring bands out there are struggling right now mentally and Mm -hmm. like it's the worst part is that we can't do anything about it like there's nothing we can do i mean live nation is bringing uh drive-in concerts would you (laughs) okay so that's my question to you near you (laughs) would you go to one of those Okay, so Garth Brooks is doing one, <laughs> and I really like Garth Brooks. Like, mm. I want to do a metalcore cover of Thunder Roll sometime in my life. Let's like, fucking do know. it. I'm down. Dude, I love that song so much. There's, like, a bunch of country music I would love to cover. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll do it. But, yeah, Garth Brooks is doing, like, a drive-in concert. I would I would consider going to that. I wonder. I, I think they charge, like, 150 per car or something like that. It okay. just I guess it depends on the show. But yeah. Um, it is interesting and I do think that Live Nation is, uh, I think it's a good thing they're doing it. Honestly, I know people are like complaining about it a lot. They're like, this is stupid, but I mean, people want to go to a show, let them go to the show. Like if it's a drive-in situation, whatever. I think it's like them making the most of what they have. They're making lemonade out of the shitty lemons we have. Yeah. They're making the best of a bad situation. And exactly. like I've heard and they're making money at the end of the day. Yeah. So fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, w- like the problem, the problem that I have, I like for me at least, cause you and I both drive cars and we drive them quite regularly. Like hearing a horn is just immediately panic for me. Like I yeah, have to look yeah. around and be aware of something. So that would like a wall of just noisy horns to me. <laughs> like when the, like when like, your favorite sports team won the world championships like that kind of thing mm. to me it, or like the world cup or whatever like it, that's what it reminds me of so it like it seems cool in retrospect but like i don't know man like it, it's it's obviously not the same but yeah if, if you want to go experience live music that is unfortunately the only way you're gonna do it i also know that yeah. um live nation up here um started doing um i think something like they used to have like the ticket where like um you would pay once for the summer and get access to like 12 shows or something like that so they're Mm. doing something similar uh where it's like i think private live streamed concerts like ticket like that kind of thing um and they've done stuff for um quite a few big canadian staples out here and uh i haven't checked and see how well that's going but i do know that live nation was um they said they're gonna slash um guarantees next year 
for artists. Oh yeah, let's talk about that a let's little bit more. Do it. Um yeah, dive into that. I'll let you take it away. Uh you probably know a little bit more about it than I do. So. I, I looked a little bit into it and like what I saw was that basically they're asking artists to take a twenty percent cut of what they're usually getting. And like to be <sighs> to be fair to Live Nation, I get it. Yeah, you have to run a business and the point of business is to reduce cost and make as much money as possible. So obviously if your employees, aka the artists, um, are making less, you're obviously going to make more and you guys still like, they still have like people to pay and like different shit like that. And obviously like a lot of venues, like smaller venues are probably going to shut down permanently. Um, so I get where live nation is coming from. I really do, but I still think it's a slap in the face to artists because I feel like anyone in the creative industry right now, um, is, or in the music industry right now, rather is suffering immensely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, you said everything right there. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to add to that. But yeah, everybody is suffering right now in in one way or another. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your perspective as a Canadian uh, on what's going on in the United States. I know this isn't technically music related, but it it I'm getting to that point. We wrote a <laughs> protest song, so we're getting to that. We're getting but there. I, I want to know what your perspective as a Canadian is on America right now? I mean, um, I'm not going to lie and say that like, I haven't been following anonymous on Twitter since they posted (laughs) a lot of shit. Um, that, that to me is just like, Oh my God, like this, this is absolutely insane. Um, so with that being said, like just watching the U S just, spiral it's it's insane but like it's like they're starting to do the same thing up here like um they're just lifting restrictions and and like social distancing left and right like it's only the gathering like i said is 10 people right now uh but like people have been driving to different um i guess counties to like go get haircuts and shit and like to uh, go and sit on a patio uh, because like the greater Toronto area at the time wasn't open for a weekend when everybody else was. And I'm just like, guys, that's counter, that's counterintuitive. Like I was talking uh, with um, my, my buddy, Nick, uh, who's um, working on something with me and he works at a uh, toy store. Um, And he, he um, like as a, as a general manager and he, um, he, he brought, he, he told me some things about like, People aren't doing curbside pickup. People are browsing in the in the store and asking <laughs> questions and shit, and letting their kids run around and touch Ugh. all this shit. And it's like it's the same thing. It's like not only limited to him; it's limited to anyone that's working right now at like any sort of retail position or mm. any sort of like essential service. Like you, you really see how seriously some people are taking it, and some aren't. And like. Even today, I uh, went for lunch with a couple work colleagues. Like we did a social distance, like we'll eat on the curb and, and in like the parking lot of the firehouse and just and just chill and catch up for a bit. Uh, but there was like a there was a burrito place right next door, and like there was like twelve construction workers that just walked out. Only one of them was wearing a mask, and I was just like, "Are you, are wow. you fucking kidding me?" So like it's the same. It's the same thing up here we just have 10 times less people than you um and um well like the recoveries are now like super super high compared to cases 
that we've like total cases that we've currently mm-hmm. had. So mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. sort of dying down. Um, but yeah, they're already like some some businesses are already talking about like bringing people back into the office. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> here in California anyway, because I've been going between L.A., Orange County and San Diego over the past couple of weeks. Um, so I've been seeing how the different cities are handling this virus and like L.A. is on you know, mandatory masks. You have to wear one if you're in public, uh, no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, traffic is picking up again. I think people yep. are starting to go back to work mm-hmm. um, here and there. I know a lot of people that are my age that are unemployed right now and they're just living off of unemployment or their stimulus check, which, by the way, government, I never got mine. Thanks. Damn. Thanks so much for that. Damn. <sighs> Assholes. I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's it's been super interesting to see how these different cities are handling it. San Diego is pretty much completely open, but you have to wear a mask whenever you go into a place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to uh, an episode of Impulsive yesterday, which is Logan Paul's podcast, and uh, they had gone to Vegas, and or his co-host Mike and his girlfriend had gone to Vegas, and in Vegas they're like they've got these like heat detection cameras in front of the casinos and they like zap your brain. Not really. They don't zap your brain. <laughs> they, they just check your temperature before you're allowed to walk into the casino. And yeah. uh, that's, that's the case with a lot of places like bars here are doing the same thing. Like they have like thermometers and stuff. Um, so it's, it's interesting how impatient people are. My thing is like, <laughs> the thing that really got me was the golf courses, to be honest with you. Okay. Because they're all open. Trump considers them an essential business because he plays golf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, they opened up golf courses here, too. But, like, (laughs) they they had structured arguments rather than I like golf, to a degree, at least. Like, (laughs) golf, if I'm making the argument towards golf because I do play it. um, Sure. You can socially distance and play golf. Oh, it, for it, sure. It's, it's I, possible. Yeah. It's a big open no field. You can do you can do whatever. Like it's fine. But yeah, uh, they gave the green light to golf courses like um, I think like a month or two ago already. And like yeah, like Im- almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So like I, I get it. Like people are at tennis courts right now, um, which is cool. You can socially distance and play tennis effectively. Mm-hmm. I would say because mm-hmm. you're mo- at most you have four people on a court on a court at a time if they're just playing for fun. Right. Um, so. Like it's it's good to see because people are out there getting exercise, I guess. And sun and sun, yeah. yeah. But like at the same time, like because it's summer, um, everyone thinks this shit is over, and it's infuriating. Yeah. yeah, and you know, some people are saying that we're you know hitting the second wave now, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, this is still the first one, bro. Winter hasn't come yet. Are you kidding? Winter hasn't isn't here. What we about the common flu started. compared to this? Are you are you like what this if, is what's gonna what, happen? What about when the flu and this converge? Exactly. And it's just That's what a I mean. That's virus. what I mean. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it, it's gonna get so much fucking worse. So, like. I, 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 anyone that isn't taking this seriously, I'm just like, you know what? I, I don't even want to get into it. I can't waste my energy on this. I just, I just, yeah. I just can't like nail salons and hairdressers open just today when we're recording this podcast in, wow. uh, where, where, where I live and as well as like patios and stuff, I have no interest in going to like sit at a bar or, um, eat at a restaurant until mm. there's a vaccine 100%. Yeah. And the reason for that is because I feel I just feel bad for the people that have to work. Yeah, 
Yeah. They're wearing masks. It's claustrophobic. It, it It's uncomfortable as shit. They can't take yep. it off. And like, mm-hmm. you're going to go out there because I can, I can sit with my boyfriend or I can sit with my girlfriend and we can have a couple drinks on the patio. Like it's normal. It's not <laughs> normal, man. Like, it's not normal. sorry, man, your summer's canceled. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. You know? And, uh, it's it's been nice to do things to like get outside like I've been on a couple hikes which again you can socially distant while you're on hikes 100%, and we even wore yeah. our masks while we were hiking and that you know like I can't imagine working in a six to eight to ten hour shift like with Wearing a mask a on. mask on and that That's you can't crazy take off. yeah that you can't take off. you can't even like touch it because your hands are yeah germy. exactly so it's nuts I'm like I'm sorry but if you're going to a restaurant I think like to sit in and dine you're an asshole right now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so other than the coronavirus, we have an issue with police brutality in this country. And that is correct. Ryan and I uh, decided to write a song uh, for almost a, an anthem, if you will, called Fight Back. And uh, we've been donating the proceeds of that song uh, to Black Lives Matter causes uh, in order to support that because I feel like it's something super important um, that we, you know, do what we can to help raise them up. And I think the feedback and the the support behind that has been absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. um, do you want to talk about what initially led you to uh, work on this song? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I really do. Because I, I, I think collectively um as a society we've been so desensitized at least like over the last like especially over the last like decade um Mm -hmm. to images and video of police brutality yes the yes there have been multiple protests yes there has been some change but it's still we're still living in the same fucking age like nothing nothing has changed and that is to, I guess, my own ignorance because, um, like, I am a visible minority. Uh, I am mixed race, interracial. Uh, my my father is white. Family is from uh, Scotland, and uh, my mom's side is Caribbean, so uh, from the West Indies and things like that. So it's it's a mix there. So, um, I, I, I. I said on a TikTok that I made uh, when we put the song out, just so I could address um, how where i was coming from with this um canada does have racial and systemic issues especially when you're talking about the royal canadian mounted police um who have agreed that there is a systemic problem in the rcmp especially when it comes to aboriginal communities um but parliament refuses to acknowledge it uh because they need a majority and um a majority was not passed because of one vote um to actually deem systemic racism to be a problem within the uh within the royal police um in toronto and and um the greater toronto area there's definitely um systemic racism um even just uh this week we've had um protests due to um uh excessive uses of force uh by police on uh on people just going about their lives, people of color, black people, brown people, whatever the case is. And um, it's the one thing, the trigger point that got me to write the song in basically an hour um, was 
the first weekend of protests when they really started to ramp up. And like this was Saturday morning. And for whatever reason, uh, we had CNN on and the Minneapolis mayor was talking. Um, he wasn't he wasn't talking about the protests. He was talking down with this authoritative like I'm pissed off and I'm going to beat you with my belt kind of authority. And it just awoke something in me i was like no i'm not sitting on this anymore i'm I'm fucking angry and that song just poured out of me in an hour and i was like we 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 have to do this i i i i don't think we can be silent anymore and i and i think that's the feeling of a lot of people too and um the the reaction on the song has been astounding don't get me wrong like it's been absolutely incredible to see like people like i absolutely love the duets that we've seen um especially in those first couple weeks that the uh that the song was out on tiktok i saw people using the song to educate their children about what was going on in the world right now i saw people using this um as a background to show uh the police tear gassing protesters that were just walking down the fucking street um i've seen people use this use the song as a background to give guidance about um how to protect yourself um at the protests by wearing masks bringing all sorts of bringing all sorts of supplies water all that stuff making sure you're taking care of yourself and other people it's inspiring as fuck to see that it's so beautiful it's amazing and the fact that this is now our most popular song that we've released like our most popular original song just based Mm -hmm. on the numbers alone and the amount of support we've seen from it already is just astounding and i could not be happier that we're not making a dime off this i i swear yeah. to god it's so good to see that so many people are using it as their voice if they can't go out and protest for for health reasons or they're too scared or something like that which is a completely legitimate concern yeah. um because i i have that fear too i don't want i Same. i am terrified to go protest i don't want to i don't want to get sick i don't want to get my family sick just in case that does happen and yeah. i know that there haven't been any upticks because of the protests uh in terms of coronavirus cases but um, I'm glad that people are using this um to voice and show their support um and in a way helping us show our support as much as we can too. So I just feel like we did something really good. Um, and I'm very very proud of everyone and what the song has accomplished so far. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. You know, we wrote this song to give to anybody that needs it. Um, and. I am very, or, you know, back in the day when I was first starting out as a vocalist, uh, one of my favorite vocalists was Otep and, uh, Otep even reached out and said that she loved the song. And she was, she said like, uh, I'm so glad that there are other female vocalists out there that are voicing their, uh, their opinions about this kind of stuff. Like keep going. Like, thanks for doing this. This is awesome. And that was like really, really inspiring for me because like this, this, movement that we're supporting i think is something that has been going on for forever you know like they these people have been struggling for forever they've been oppressed for centuries and the only way that we know how to give back like ryan said like we're afraid to go to the protests because either of getting sick or maybe even afraid of getting shot by the police you know because exactly it's it's been happening getting tear gassed in the face getting a rubber bullet to your face like that's very real stuff that's going on right now. I mean, Seattle has an occupied zone right now. Like they're, they basically quartered off part of the city and 
they've taken over a police station um and they've they've they're like living in a park and they've got their own security like guarding the area from the police like it's crazy it's crazy what's going on but it's super inspiring that people are doing something you know like we're not just sitting idly by while this shit happens anymore like we're we're all collectively doing something about it and we're trying to make change and the way ryan and i know how to best make change is through music so that's exactly. uh, that's what we did with this one and so um until until forever this song will be donated to different causes that needed at the time um I will be going through the streams every month and calculating the total and donating it to whoever needs it. Um, and I'm just super excited that we did something like this and I would definitely like to do something similar again, which I actually guess I can say that I have with mm -hmm. uh, a band that I just announced that I joined called Matriarchs. They're a hardcore band out of Los Angeles. And uh, we wrote a song called The Names of the Fallen. And that song is being donated to different causes as well. Um, so I, I love, I love writing this kind of stuff. I love how powerful it is. And I love that it makes people want to go into action and it makes me want to go into action. It makes me want to do more, you know? So exactly. it, our music that we write also inspires us, um, mm. which I think is really cool. So, um, so we talked about pandemic. We talked about how we wrote that, when we wrote that, the relevancy, all the features, that kind of stuff. Um, do you want to talk about the uh, second half of this? <laughs> oh, we're going to do this now? Okay. Um, yeah, why not? So, um, obviously, like the EP, like I said, like it's it was the skeletons of it were um, done back in 2018. So, technically, the, the music, the instrumentals have existed in some form for um, a year and a half at least. Mm -hmm. Um, so for anyone that, um, does music, um, for themselves as either in a band, either regional level or national level, or even local level, or even if you're just doing, um, uh, and have released, um, material that you've been working on, um, for years, sometimes you just like, like, I think a lot of people can relate to this. You just want to get it out there. You just want to get it out there and move on to the next thing sometimes. And I'm like, as proud as I am of, um, the EP right now. I'm so proud of it. It's probably the most successful project that I've been a part of. Um, I'm like, I, I can, there's more to this. I think there's more to this. And what got me started on this was um, back in May, um, they, there was, while social distancing was still supposed to be in place, um, there was a massive, massive, massive gathering at um, Trinity Bellwoods Park in Toronto of people not wearing masks, just drinking in the park, being absolute like nutcases in terms of like just being total public nuisances, peeing on buildings, like all sorts of like wow. bullshit, like just getting stupid drunk like it was a festival. And it just I'm like, no, I'm not done with this. I'm not done with this EP. It's going to like we need a second wave of this shit. So um, I wrote probably one of um, the heavier songs that's going to come out on this. Um, and we, uh, I was like, you know what we can do, we can do a few more. So, um, the plan is, I guess, is that yes, there's a second half of this, but I've also, as of, I guess now, and it's, a, and it's been done for the last few days, remixed and remastered, um, the entire EP, um, that was released already. Um, so there will probably be a re-release maybe as a full album sometime soon. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, I do want to talk about uh, all the goodies that you've been getting recently. Um, plugins, different things Ooh, like that. Yes. Um, I want you to be able to nerd out a little bit on this podcast for all the you know fellow audio engineers out there. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk about how you got info about those plugins, which is through Lenny. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Lenny J. The great Lenny J. I think so you should this, start that combo, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I met Lenny at Launch Music Conference in 2017, 2016. No, one of those years, 2016 or mm-hmm. 2017. I think it was 2017. Um, I was filming content at Launch for Launch. It was my first time at the at the conference. Um, it was in Pennsylvania, um, and. I was there working and I was like, wait a second, there's all these bands here that are trying to get their like music seen or heard or whatever. There were like different thing, uh, different panels where you could like submit your music and they would listen to your music and then critique your music live in front of you and an entire audience. Damn. So I was in there filming content and this band came up on the screen called Pros and Icons and their song played and I was like, holy shit. I need to meet this band immediately. And so whenever they introduced themselves, all that stuff and the panel was over, I walked over to the band and I was like, Hey, I really loved your music. I don't know if you guys have time during the conference, but we're in this really cool hotel and there's some really cool lighting in the hallway. Would you guys be interested in doing a photo shoot? Like, do you want to, do you want to get some promos while you're here? Like I know bands need promos all the time. So mm. I ended up, uh, shooting pros and icons as well as another band called dream house. And, um, it was super cool just to be able to impromptu do a couple photo shoots, make a little bit of extra money and, uh, meet some cool bands. So Lenny was in the band pros and icons. And, uh, we talked a little bit that day or over the weekend. Um, and then pros and icons went on tour with Danny Worsnop. And they played a show at the Whiskey in LA. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go hear Danny play his country stuff. And I also want to go hang out with pros and icons. Mm-hmm. So I went up there and uh, Lenny and I talked more, exchanged numbers, stayed in touch. And then he hits me up and he's like, hey, I'm moving out to LA. And I was like, oh shit, yes. Another music <laughs> producer in LA that I want to work with. Like, that's awesome. And at the time I was like, oh, he also plays guitar. So that's potentially a guitarist for tour yeah. uh, for my music projects. And so he moved out to LA and we, we hung out a couple times and we were like, Hey, we really want to like team up and do some really cool stuff together. He wants me to film music videos for him. I want him to work on music with me. So, uh, we're kind of collaborating, but we're also, uh, doing work for work, that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm also paying him. He's also paying me. It's really cool. Like it's a great relationship that we've got going and I'm trying to build this team around me right now. And so, um, Lenny asked if he could work on chasing satellites music with me. And I was like, hell yeah. And then I ended up asking Ryan if he wanted to rework some chasing satellites music with me. Um, and so I kind of brought those two people together and whenever I meet two like-minded people that I think are going to click well, I like to connect them. So I connected uh, Ryan and Lenny together and uh, yeah, take take it away. Talk from there. 
so that was a very interesting Zoom call. Uh, so I don't know if you kids are aware, but like uh, the way that records are being produced now is over Zoom. So <laughs> um, Lenny and I just sort of like had a nerd out moment and just like got um, each other's history um, production wise and uh, everything there. And it's absolutely fascinating what he's doing. And um, the one thing that I was always um, kind of insecure about when it came to my mixes was um, the guitar tones. I always thought I could make like better guitar tones and stuff like that. Um, so we were going back and forth between this song and everything like that. And, um, he mentioned tone hub, uh, by, uh, Will Putney and company or STL tones. And I use STL tones on previous covers that we've put out this year. Um, and, uh, they're fine. I use it with a combination of that and bias amps. Uh, but now that's not the case. Uh, I'm solely using STL tones for guitars now. And what I'm doing is, and what you guys should be aware of is that these plugins are not expensive. I mean, are expensive for, um, for the comp for like, I guess anyone that wants to get into this, but like tone hub, uh, is 200 bucks us and they have producer packs, um, so I have three producer packs. I have the John Fellman pack. So you're talking um, Blink-182, like all the bands that he's worked with and um, a lot of their tones. So like I have like clean tones from California and like all this other and all this other crazy shit, like bass tones, everything. And I also bought Andrew Wade's pack, which is a lot of like the Wage War and a Day to Remember sound. So a lot of the metal tones. And then I also bought um, Lee Malta. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't think I am. Uh, Malia. Lee Malia. Lee Malia. Thank you. Um, I bought his pack uh, for Bring Me the Horizon. And uh, amazing, amazing leads. Like the the reverb on stuff is just so crisp and so clear. Um, it actually really brings out um, how much I invested in my new interface, uh, which mm-hmm. is the RME Babyface Pro. I was going to go with the Apollo, which is super popular, but I like this one better. It's the sa- it's basically the same price. I just found that the Apollo was sounded a little bit more compressed um, from a raw signal. This one does not. It sounds completely crisp and completely clear, um, and that's what you're. That's what I'm using to record right now. So, um, once I got these tones and invested a little bit of money, because like the tone packs themselves, like the producer packs, are an extra like between fifty and seventy bucks. But holy shit! Like I never would have thought that like I plug this in into into Logic Pro, boot it up, and I don't have to do anything to it. Basically, like it's just out of the box, good to go. Amazing tones right off the bat. It's absolutely insane. Um, and then what Lenny showed me was a couple things. He showed me Bass Forge uh, by Joey Sturgis. Uh, and I've always been insecure about my bass tones too, because as a bass player, I w- I still want like. I always wanted to like have a bass tone like Beartooth, like those old Beartooth records, mm. like sick EP and disgusting and stuff yeah. like that. Like I wanted that shit. And I was like, oh man, like I can't, I can't figure out how to do it. I don't know if it's my bass. I don't know if it's my settings, but then he introduced me to Bass Forge and I know he's doing uh, some work with uh, some work with them. And uh, it's, it's the most versatile bass plugin I've ever used. Um, and just like the distortion setting, the way you can blend things, the way like everything just sounds so clear and heavy. And they also have a reverb pedal on it, which I didn't even know about. But like the reverb pedal just makes it so like the bass just resonates like so like so nice and warm on whatever mix you're doing. And it's just brought um, such a new, new, um, new sound uh, 
that I never thought I'd be able to do uh, with just my laptop. And um, the one thing that um, Lenny completely sold me on uh, was uh, Omnisphere, uh, which is um, a synthesizer pack and um, or a synthesizer plugin. Um, it's massive. I'm talking 64 gigs massive. Like it's wow. it's insane. But there's synths and like samples and everything like that, and you can tweak all of it, do whatever you want with it, um, play with how you want an arpeggio to sound of a plugin, even if it doesn't do that. Like it's so, it's insane. Like it, there's so much you can do with it. So I was like, fuck it. For a birthday present to myself, I'm going to buy it. Uh, it's not cheap. It's 500 bucks. Um, so you're talking like native instrument prices if you're going for uh, yeah. com- the complete package. Um, so like I would use this over um, over native right now, or at least the native stuff that I have, just completely putting it out there. Like It's absolutely insane. I know Joey Sturgis uses it, uses it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, like I was so excited because I bought all this stuff and... I remixed Pandemic and Kay, you can attest to this. Like the songs sound completely different now. Totally different. Totally like, different. It's insane. The synths changed. Yeah. Guitar yeah, sounds can, changed. Yeah, you can like you can like really f- like hear the synths a lot more. You know, it, it like you said, it resonates more. Like mm-hmm. you, you can like it's it's present. It's more pre- like it, everything is more present. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So now I think it's like, all right, cool. We have industry standard now. I'm never buying anything again. <laughs> yeah. You're like, my wallet is closed. Empty. That's done. <laughs> it's closed. We are done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long did it take you to find like that happy, happy place when it comes to like mixing and mastering? Like how long did it take you to finally be like this is this is what i wanted like once you bought all these plugins like was it an instantaneous thing did it take you like a little bit of like no a learning some, curve or anything it took me a couple of weeks actually to get familiar mm. with it um because gotcha. i know that i sent you some test test mixes and yeah. um i was like oh i don't like the way these sound for whatever reason like i don't get it like i, I have everything that i need why doesn't it sound good right. um and i had to basically learn how to remix uh everything like from the ground up um and that would and to be honest with you if it wasn't for the experience of producing covers like on a weekly basis sometimes multiple times a week um it would have taken me months but mm-hmm. it took me just a couple weeks um just to get familiar with everything and find a balance there uh the one thing that i wasn't doing in my old mixes was um basically making it sound live or making it sound real in a way because like i find that like if you listen to what we do you can you can kind of tell that the guitars are like they're not they're not real amps like that kind of thing blah 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 if you if you have like an ear for it you it's pretty obvious and we're not trying to hide that or anything like that no but uh right now i figured out how to do that so what i did was um i'm just using a simple logic plugin if you're using that um just the space designer um, and I'm si- I'm putting that on a uh, a bust channel, and um, what I do is um, I would go through the settings, and uh, there's there's one that I'm using, there's one that I use for every single song, and it was the the live chamber um, space designer, and it just makes it sound like you're playing in like a concert hall like a small concert hall so everything just has a slight bit more reverb and then what i'm doing is um adjusting 
the um the amount of that effect is going on each um each setting whether that's the kick the snare the toms anything like that so like i think the kick snare and toms have like all the same so about um about like maybe it's subtle it's subtle like say like 20 percent, and then the symbols will have 25 percent, just because i want them to shine a little bit more but then i'm adding those same sorts of like effects to um the guitars bass and vocals so it sounds a lot more present and like you're hearing it in a room and i think that set things up like crazy uh but if, if you were wanted to get into mastering um i knew that i the master that i had initially um for the old mixes just didn't work uh with the new stuff so um i was talking to my dad actually who uh used to work as a uh, producer in radio um and uh i was asking him about it and he said just to try eqing that's all you really need so i was just playing with some eq stuff added like slightly more high end to the mix and then all of a sudden boom everything sounded like we did this professionally so <laughs> I, it took me like that. I only learned about like three days ago. So <laughs> that's why I was like, Hey, I'm going to remaster all of this and then, um, sent everything back. So, um, it's the reason why I loved doing this is because I, I feel like now I got a chance to go back and fix everything that I wanted to about this. Not that I'm, I, like I said, not that I'm not proud of it, but now this is how we were supposed to sound. This is how the EP was meant to sound. And yeah. um, the new songs that we have coming on this too, like, whew, like everything's going to sound yeah. fucking huge. And I'm so, so proud of that. And I never would have known about any of this if it wasn't for Lenny. So I, I have to give him mad props for that. Huge shouts to Lenny. Thank huge you, Lenny, shouts. for uh, for supplying the information to the man. Hey, so man, knowledge his, is power. That's what it be. is. Exactly. So his art can be better. Um, so I do want to touch on one more thing and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it, but it's something that's happening in the music industry. So um, we were working on an Of Mice and Men cover. And yeah, let's talk about this. I have I have some points about another artist too. Okay. Yeah, there, yeah, there are a couple. So uh, we were going to do a cover of an Of Mice and Men song called Second and Sebring. Uh, which is like a very popular of Mice and Men song. And Austin Carlisle is or was a huge influence on me as a vocalist coming up. Um, I, you know, looked up to him a lot. And recently I have, or we have all heard that he allegedly raped like 15 girls in the past. Um and that's fucking disgusting. 100%. But uh, yeah, I wanted to on, talk about it because because it is something, you know, that we were working on and we really wanted to put out, but now we don't feel like we can support that. Even though, like, Of Mice and Men isn't to blame the band. It's one person. But, like, it just kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth if we put it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, um, can I... Can I shit on alt press? If you can do whatever you want. Okay. Um, I mean, like, the way that they handled it was so fucking bad. Like, yeah. I, I, like, last week when I was just seeing all this shit, I'm just like, guys, come on. Like, like the problem that I have with this entire thing is um, they basically chose money 
over um, journalism, journalistic integrity. Yeah. So, or the fear of losing money. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Over jo- over journalistic integrity. Um, I know that uh, Austin responded to those allegations. Uh, we should mention that. Um, yeah. I saw his, I saw what he said. Um, it, to be honest with you, it's it it seems relatively genuine. I just I just don't know how I just don't know how I feel a, a feel about the entire situation in general because those are very very serious allegations. Yeah. Um, and uh, what I didn't like was what I wanted to get into as well because um, I know that you mentioned that um, of my and men were a big influence on you. They were a big influence on me as well. But mm-hmm. through high school, the one band that really um, stood out for me and that I loved seeing live was The Ghost Inside. Oh, and yeah. I actually have the, like some of the lyrics from Engine 45 tattooed on my forearm. And I have a cover that I want to put out of Engine 45 because the mix for it sounds fucking spectacular. I know I nailed the vocals for it. I'm super confident in it. And then the situation with their uh, album release uh, shortly before the Austin Carlisle situation uh, where um, it was uncovered that their bass player um, a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, like um, I think over a decade ago, um, made um, a couple racial slurs uh, to their bus driver or a van driver, whatever the case was, and um, was immediately terminated from the band. And I know that I was looking for different reactions from from like their fans as well. And a lot of people were a lot of people were had mixed reactions. Like some were like, okay, good, like glad he's gone. But the um, the majority of comments that I saw, um, and even some from people of color and from like uh from black people as well, um, was it's just like I I'm mad that you said it. But I'm more upset that um, the people that you were basically like in a life changing car accident with didn't even yeah. stand by you to give you a chance to like um, recover from this. And I know he put out um, a response to this as well, which I haven't checked out to just to be completely transparent here. And um, I'm to- I'm torn as well. It's like, do do I put this song out considering that we've made such an impact with fight back and stuff like that. Mm. Does that go against everything we stand for Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because I want to put out something that I'm proud of that a cover that I'm really proud of. And I have fucking lyrics on my skin from this band. So I, I'm so conflicted and I don't know what to do. And that goes to the argument of art versus like separation of art versus artist Right. And there's arguments to be made on both sides. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important to acknowledge um, the people that behind the art. Um, you can still interpret the art the way you want it to, but it does feel a little bit tainted. Like I like, for example, like the big the big one for me um, back uh, a few years ago was Headley um canadian band um i they had a big they had a few big hits up here uh but their their singer i get was actually charged um with um i think sexual assault or something like that but the the what was different about that situation is that their booking agent their manager their label 
and like all these all these like businesses that were associated with Headley as soon as those allegations came out the me too allegations came out like disassociated with them immediately cut fun like cut cut their ties 100 percent. and i've never seen that from a label or from a, from a booking agent or from a manager unless it was absolutely true and it turned out to be absolutely true there's been horror wow. stories from that guy he's, fuck, he's fucking predatory but Oof. but i love headley i love their music yeah and like I can't listen to it anymore because mm-hmm. I just think about that. And that's a per and that's a perfectly valid um criticism to make in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um but at the same time it's just like fuck, like I can't I I am I a bad person for wanting to listen to this music again? Am I a bad person for like talking about it? And I like I there's so many questions um about situations like this. Uh but I think it's important to um address the issue acknowledge the victims of this um support the victims of this and see how um the the person is the person responsible for this is going to take actual responsibility for their actions i think that's the most important thing and then music um music is subjective you can feel however way you want about it i think that's i think that's what we can take away from this yeah 100 percent um it does suck to you know learn horrible things about people you look up to but you have to remember these people are human too like they're fucked some of them are fucked up uh and some of them do really fucked up things but like you said like the best thing we can do is support those victims and and listen to them and and do whatever they need honestly whether that be uh justice or some sort of justice really um is what we need Mm -hmm. um and then like can people be forgiven can people grow can people change their their morals their ideals like that's one thing with like you know um even austin like this shit happened way back in the day and that's not to say it didn't happen that's not to say like anybody should you know not talk about this because it's important that we talk about it but do you think austin is a better person now or do you think he's still a predator you know what I mean? Like he's got a kid on the way. He I, like, I think he's a completely different person and I think he's probably learned from his mistakes, but at the same time, I feel absolutely disgusted about the guy because yeah. of it. Yeah. You know? So I get what you mean when you're like, it's hard to know how to feel. It's hard to know how to react to these things. Yeah. Cause at the same time, it's just like, okay. And we're just spitballing here, but of like course. if, if, for example, K and I were to put out Second and Sebring, and I was to put out Engine Forty Five, and we donated any sort of mm. streaming proceeds we got to either victims of sexual assault or Black right. Lives Matter, does that make a difference, or is just completely acknowledging the situation the problem? Like that's what mm. I want to know. So if any if anyone, I'm actually want to have that conversation with people. I want to I want to yeah. hear that side of things. So if anyone want hears this podcast and wants to talk to me about it, please like my, my DMS are open, hit me up on Instagram and we can talk. Like, I'd love to hear different opinions about this. I really, really would. Yeah. And I think if we were to do something like that, I think that would be the best thing to do would be to donate any proceeds to, you know, a victim's fund or victims directly or something. Um, not that money fixes our problems. Yeah. But, I mean, it can help us get therapy. It can help us, you know, get the things we need. 
Um, so yeah, same for me. If you guys want to talk about this more, I would love to hear your opinions as well. We can make a little group chat or something on Instagram. Um, even though I hate group chat <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram specifically yeah, on Instagram. Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think we've talked about quite a bit. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to address here on the podcast while you've got your uh, your time? Well, I guess I'm going to plug. Um, yeah, so, plug away. <laughs> um, I uh, put out a um, my solo deep my solo debut EP called Mixtape. There's two versions of the EP. There's the pop version, and then there's the metal version of that pop version. So I basically covered my own songs. And, Which is so uh, sick. Pause. I'm just going to pause you right there. Can you tell me why you wanted to do that? Because I think it's a brilliant idea and I think more bands should do that kind of stuff. Like Lincoln Park did it with their uh, their DJ remixes, all, yep. all that stuff. I think it's great when bands reimagine their stuff. So originally like the, the EP itself... Um, it, like it was supposed to be just the pop EP, but I was like, I just don't want to fucking put out like the same thing that everybody's doing. And it was more work obviously to do that and more money and time. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like I, at the end of the day, like I, I'll, I'll talk about it. I like, I, I didn't plug my music as much as I should have, but at the same time, this is more like just an experiment just to see, mm um what's happening and also just because like it's for me it's not really for anybody else i just wanted to get it out there and like have some fun with it and i don't mind investing into passion projects if it's if it's something that um challenges me as a songwriter and challenges me as a producer and a vocalist and a musician all that stuff so um i was terrified to put out solo music for the longest time and what really drove the point home for me uh, that I could do this was before COVID shut everything down. I had a show in uh, Florida um, and um, performed my solo stuff. Didn't tell anybody, like didn't tell anybody I was going to do it just to see the reactions Like they found out basically the second before I started the song and people were already singing the words back at me. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, this is nuts. That's so sick. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can definitely do this. So that just gave me the confidence that I needed to just like, all right, cool. I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm having fun with it. And uh, it's out now. Uh, it's called Mixed Tape. Um, if you follow me on Spotify, you will find both versions. Uh, I had some really talented friends uh, work on the artwork uh, for the singles and uh, worked with some really awesome people on the videos, yourself included, because Kay did yeah. most of the videos for this. Um, there will be more... The videos for the um, the other songs will be coming out soon. But what I like about this project is that it's not just a pop EP. It's um, like a pop solo project or anything. What's really interesting about it is every song is from a different um, subgenre of contemporary pop music. Um, so like the first track, Ghost, um, that's like your more mainstream like pop radio single kind of. Um, just because it's, it's it's a little bit more catchy, it's 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 simple. Um, so that the second song alone, that's more of your R and B moody kind of thing, and I know that a lot a lot of people really like that one. I got a lot of messages about that, which I really really appreciate. Um, the third song on the record, uh, "Leading Me On," it um, similar vibes to "Alone." Um, it just um, 
there's there's a bit more uh, intricacy uh, going on there with uh, the instrumental and uh, it's like a part two I would say but the other two songs on there which I'm really excited about there's one song on there called Swing and th- hmm. that is the club dance track and my plan for it was to have it play at um, drag shows and uh, different and different sort of munches and uh, fetish parties. Uh, if we're just being completely open here uh, in in like clubs in Toronto and stuff like that, like just hitting hitting that scene, hitting hitting like the gay district, hitting everything there with this song, because uh, the message behind it is uh, to me at least quite interesting. I haven't really seen anyone talk about um talk about that sort of topic uh from from this lens i would say i don't mm. want to say too much about it just because it's not it's just because the song isn't out yet i would right. say well the video isn't out yet uh but um it's interesting and um it's an experience it's a lot of experience from my life and things like that um so take it how you will and with a grain of salt if you get mad at me, just send me a message. We can talk. <laughs> yes. uh, and then the last song that I'm going to be putting out is a rap track, which I fucking love. Uh, I've always wanted the I've always wanted to do a rap track, um, and I'm super super proud of this one, uh, mainly because the compliments I've gotten from it just like I just can't believe. Like a lot of people say I sound like Eminem, which I'm like that's bullshit. Like, there's no fucking way. But um, a lot of people are very very impressed with it. And uh, if uh, you're a music nerd like I am, uh, I'll tell you this now: there, the song is not in four-four time signature, so it's a rap song in, in like a different time. So that's cool. So have a listen and see what throws you off. And then what's cool about all those songs? They were all redone as metal versions. So you have it. You have two EPs coming out the same day. Um, so ten songs total. Um, and, uh, you can go through all of them. So the, the interesting thing I found is that people don't know which one is their favorite. So let me know which one is your favorite. Let me know which version you like. Hell yeah. And it's been so fun to like, from my perspective to, you know, work on these different songs that have two versions, you know, like we filmed like two different versions for the videos and like lyric videos, there's two different versions and it's been super cool to work on a project like this Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, I mean, obviously, thank you for uh, letting me be a part of this. It's been really, really fun. Thank and, you for uh, filming. Yeah, we've had some we had some fucking experiences with that. <laughs> <laughs> Save some lives in the desert. No yeah. big deal. Holy shit. Go watch. Go watch Kay's vlog about that. Like, goddamn, What a day. Yeah, I'll put a I'll put a link down below if you guys want to check it out. Um, but if people want to find you, hire you to do some music production, do a cover for them, do an original for them, uh, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, so like I said, uh, definitely hit me up on Instagram. I'm on that uh, more often than I am on Facebook uh, these days. Uh, so it's at Ryan Cunningham, just my full name. Uh, that's where you'll find me there. You'll find me on Twitter as well. Uh and uh the best way to get a hold of me is definitely through instagram but i will um if it's for business and collabs and like things like that i would want to move it more to an email chain just so there's rec uh just so i can keep track of everything uh so you can reach me at contact at ryan cunningham.com and uh we can uh we can talk about uh whatever it is you want to work on i know that uh i was uh i was just talking with people who wanted to just like um 
hear about the audio engineering side of things and hear about like mm. how producing works and how to and how to do that kind of stuff too which i don't mind giving advice at all if that's what you're looking for too if, even if you just want to chat uh, i'm good with that uh but if you if you want to um hit me up for some work uh definitely just send me an email and we can see what we can do for you i'm really excited to uh to uh work on some new stuff because my schedule's starting to open up a bit and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we will fill that bad boy up Hell one yeah. way or another. Hell Get yeah. at Ryan. He does great work. Obviously, you guys have heard the stuff he's done with myself. If you haven't heard his music, please go check it out. He's in a bunch of different projects, which I think is really cool. And it's inspired me to join multiple projects because if Ryan can Yay! do it, I can do it. Finally. If Lauren, if Lauren can do it, I can do it. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's just all have 17 freaking music projects. <laughs> Thank you, because that's exactly um, where we're headed at this point. Like, God yes. damn it! Like, it's so if I'm counting this on my if I'm counting this on my hands now, I have um, a metal project that I'm working on that um, will probably hold off until next year. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, maybe May. Um, this uh, other rock band that I'm playing bass bass for called Villavent, uh, chasing satellites now. K stuff, my own stuff. That's six. Six. That's things. six. Wow six different things on top of like just doing the handful of uh stuff for um uh for producing work and things like that Mm -hmm. cool man thank you for coming back on a project freelance uh we will have you on another episode for sure in the future um i have i always have a blast talking to you and i think that my audience will really get a lot out of this episode last time we talked about touring this time we talked more about like audio production so i think that uh the audio nerds out there will really like this episode hell yeah and tell me if I'm wrong too. Please do. Mm. Hey, like, let me oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. I want, I want to hear because I want some. I want, I want to hear some new perspectives on stuff because I always say, and this is, I guess, how I'll end it off uh, from my side is that it's the best way to learn about things is by making mistakes. So if you think I can, if you think that I'm doing something wrong or that I can be doing something better, I want to know about it. Um, so just let me know. And I'm definitely, definitely open to having all sorts of discussions with you guys if you have any questions. So guys, that was a second episode with Ryan Cunningham. I like bringing guests back on every now and then to have them talk about what they're doing now. Um, I did that with Graham Sheldon um, and again here with Ryan. And I would like to have some more repeat guests. So if you guys want to hear from anybody in particular to see what they're up to, Uh, I will definitely reach out to them and get them on the podcast. But if you are a freelancer and you make over $1,000 a month and you want to be on this podcast, hit me up. Contact at justtheletterk.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your story. And I would love to share some tips and tricks with my audience. If you guys like this episode, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. New episodes come out every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will talk to you guys next week on Project Freelance. If you liked this episode, please do me a favor and leave a rating and some feedback. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out and go create something.